0: Hello, this is Donnie Foster, the pastor of the Journey Church in Fort Worth, Texas. My prayer is the message you are about to hear will be a source of blessing and encouragement in your life. At the conclusion, I'll share a few closing words and a prayer. May the Lord bless you as you listen. You got your Bibles, join me. Like I said, Daniel chapter 3, going to be there in just a few moments. We've been in a series talking about shedding fear how to get rid of the fear that ought not be in our lives, but also how to deal with the genuine fears that do arise from time to time. And so we acknowledged last week that there are certainly genuine fears, truly scary situations that get our attention, that we need to make sure and be careful when we are in those those circumstances. And we talked about how to determine if a fear is genuine. And just to remind you last week, We can determine if a fear is genuine. We learn about this from scripture by just asking ourselves a few questions. Number one, are we using it as an excuse? If It's just an excuse and we know it's not a legitimate fear and we need to shed that fear. And only we can answer that question for ourselves. No one else can really do that for you. That's kind of a between you and God thing. Second thing is we've got to ensure it's not based on unrealistic fears. And we Gave the example of someone who every time they see a flock of birds kind of freaks out and hides because they think that flock of birds is going to swoop down and attack them. That's all goes back to Alfred Hitchcock. We can thank him for that, uh, but science says that's not going to happen. So if that's a fear, it can be some kind of real fear in your life, but if it's unrealistic, that's a fear we need to shed. Then we talked about determining if the issue is based on a lack of faith and trust in God. It's based on a lack of faith and trust in God that we need to shed that fear. But when we find ourselves in scenarios that aren't excuses, not just an excuse, that aren't based on unrealistic feelings or, weary, or, 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 or worries, and, and we still have a solid faith in God. In other words, when we're facing genuine fear, how should we deal with these scenarios? And that's a very good question. Because I, as I said at the beginning of this series, we weren't going to be naive and pretend that we could eliminate all fear from our lives and in the world. That's, that, we'll let Jesus take care of that when he comes back. And we're also not naive enough to think that there aren't true situations in life that are going to cause us fear. So when those genuine fears arise, how should we deal with them? And to do that, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 3. But let me set the scene just a little bit, just a little bit of history. So if you're a history buff and I give you too much history, you're like, yeah. If you're, if you're like, eyes glaze over and I give you history, this is going to be short history today, okay? But go back to Daniel chapter 1 and what's going on is King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, 586 B.C., he rolls into Jerusalem, ransacks it, takes many of its citizens uh, captive, takes them back to Babylon and makes them part of his royal court. Takes all the educated People and he places them in his court so he can benefit from them. Among those are four guys Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or if you know um, VeggieTales, Shadrach and Benny, all right? We got any VeggieTales fans here? Say amen. All right, I I highly recommend some VeggieTales, Shadrach and Benny. Great, 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 great for kids. And hey, adults sometimes enjoy those as well. But anyway, uh, four guys, and they were put in the king's court and they were given the king's meat to eat, but it wasn't a kosher diet. And so they wanted to follow these Jewish dietary laws that God has set forth for them. It's much healthier for them. And they said, we're not going to eat the king's meat. The guy in charge said, listen, if you start losing weight, it's my head, and then it's going to trickle down to you. So uh, you better make sure what you're doing. said, we trust God. We're going to follow his plan for our life. And they didn't eat the king's meat. They only ate their veggies and... Sure enough, several days later, they're even more healthier than everybody else. And as much as all those meat eaters in, in Texas hate to hear that and it is true, veggies are healthy for us. But anyway, they trusted God in that situation, and through that, they began to show their prowess for uh, basically being very wise, God's hand was upon them, and it's not long after that before they are actually in positions of authority. So we get to Daniel chapter 3, and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're all four very important men in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. So let's pick it up, Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. It says this, there are certain Jews, okay, who you have appointed over the fairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three of the four. Daniel's not mentioned here, so we assume that he is either out of town or he is doing business somewhere else, or he just didn't know what was going on, but he's not mentioned here, but certainly Shadrach and Beniar. It says, These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So we'll just start right there and talk about something. We actually find out here in Daniel chapter 3 that King Nebuchadnezzar gets so full of himself, he decides to build this 90-foot 90-foot tall, 16-foot wide, golden-plated statue of himself. You've got to be full of yourself to do that, eh, amen? I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar, that is a royal jerk move right there, for sure. He's got an ego the size of Texas, and so he builds this big image, and he assembles this massive orchestra and says, Listen, every time you hear this orchestra playing, everybody that hears it, you better bow down and worship this image. And if you don't, then we're going to throw you into this fiery furnace that he, we have built to deter you from disobeying me. So as it turns out here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being followers of the one true God, they more than likely know all about this, but when it comes time to bow down, they don't do it. There's people that notice, and they go to Nebuchadnezzar, and they basically tattle on them. Verse 13, the Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. Someone saying, Hey, they're not doing it. He goes, Bring them to me. I know these guys. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Is this true? And I like what he says right here. He says, Now, if you are ready, I like how he's the king, he's the one in control. But he says to them, hey, if you guys are ready now, if you're ready now, I'm going to give you one more chance, basically. I've heard this about you. You guys have been awesome. You've done a lot for me. I know your buddy Daniel, he's interpreted some dreams. He's really helped me out. And and I heard you weren't bound to, I'm going to give you one more chance. Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pop, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you hear this orchestra, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image that I have made, Well and good. Everything will be fine. We can just move on past this. But if you do not worship, I need to let you know something. You shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And oh, look at that last statement that King Nebuchadnezzar makes. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Well, let's stop this morning and let's determine if these men had a genuine reason to be fearful. And I'm going to state right up front, I believe this is a very scary situation. I don't know about you. Now, someone asked, recently asked me, they said, Donnie, are you afraid to die? And I was like, no, I'm not afraid to die. I, I, I'm ready. I, I know that. And they started throwing out all these crazy scenarios and, and ways that I could die. And I was like, no, wait a minute. You didn't ask me if... The act of dying, if I'm scared of, <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of that. I'm not scared to die, but but the act that's involved, oh, yeah, that gets me a little bit nervous. Absolutely. I, I, that's what makes us human, okay? So I think this is a very real situation, a genuine reason to be fearful, but let's put it to the test. Our, our, our three questions, was this an excuse? Was it just an excuse? If we see someone in this situation and they're fearful, can we really look at them and go, ah, you know, Don't worry about this fiery furnace. Don't worry about this King Nebuchadnezzar guy. He's a pushover. He likes when people disobey him. No, 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 no. This is not just an excuse. We can throw that one out the window based on the severity of the situation. Second question we gave you last week, reminding you this morning, is this based on an unrealistic fear? Well, here's the deal. Shadrach and Benny, they're standing in front of the most powerful man on the planet, King Nebuchadnezzar. The image was in their sight line. They can see it. It's right there. The fiery furnace, no doubt, is probably visible. They can smell the smoke to any who dared decline. And so I would like to say this morning, it's not unrealistic for them to fear being thrown into the fire given the situation. So no, this is not an unrealistic fear. And then the third question is what? Did they have a lack of faith or trust in God? Well, that already proven in chapter 1, they had plenty of faith in God. When faced with the opportunity to follow God or potentially be executed, they said, we'll follow God. We'll just go ahead and trust God and leave it there. And they had. So these men had already proven their faith by the way they chose to eat in chapter 1. You didn't know you could choose show faith by eating right, amen? No one likes hearing that, do you? Anyway, I just throwing that out there with fear. I, I don't really like it either, but, but it's true. So here's the final analysis. This is a genuine moment of fear. Can we all agree, church? Yeah. This is a genuine moment of fear. Yes, they knew that they would spend eternity with God no matter what. They, they knew that. That, that. That's obvious. However, dying in a fiery furnace is a legitimately scary situation. So the big question is, this morning is this. How did they deal with this legitimate fear? This thing that was in their life that was a legitimate fear how did they deal with it, and how can we learn from them? Let's continue reading and go to verse 15. Daniel 3, verse 15, it says this. If you'll remember what Nebuchadnezzar said, now if you're ready, I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear all the music and you bow down, well and good. But if not, guess what? I'm throwing you into this burning, fiery furnace. And then that, that statement, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, answered the king. And here's what they said to him. Remember what he's saying. If you're ready, I'm going to give you more chance. If you bow down, great. If you don't, you're going in the fiery furnace. And I'm here to tell you, no one's going to rescue you from my hands. And look at how they responded. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. See, the first way that they dealt with this legitimate fear that we can learn from is this. Understand the re- the risk and respond appropriately. Understand the risk and respond appropriately. See, these men didn't need to answer. I-, I find it very interesting. They're like, what do you have to say about it? And they're like, we don't have anything else to say about it. You know why? We've already answered. We, we already know the situation. You've already got our answer. We're not changing our mind. We've already made our choice. See, these men were in positions of authority, they knew all about this image before it was ever set up. It kind of, when you read it, it almost sounds like it's kind of sprung on them. Ooh, I didn't know there was a big golden image, you know? Like you could just build it, you know, really quick and prop it up one day. No, these guys were in authority. They knew what was going on. They had seen this thing. They had heard the talk. They had, they had seen the gathering of all the musicians. When it finally went down, they had already assessed the risk and responded appropriately. And the appropriate response for them was to refuse to worship the image. That was the appropriate response for them. Was it risky? Yes. But it was the right response. The first thing we have to do when we face a genuine fear is we have to understand the risk. Okay. This could be risky here, but I want to make sure I respond appropriately. And every situation is going to be different, but for them here... It was to say no, to bow down and worship this image. Let's read on in verse 17. It said that, uh, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach, and Abednego, they say this. If this be so, if this is what you're going to do, King Nebuchadnezzar, all right? If, I like how they throw that if in there, okay? If this is what you're going to do, our God whom we serve, you need to know something. Oh, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, oh king. I like this. The second thing that they did that we can learn from is we had to be willing to ask for and receive help. You see, here's what they said. They said, Our God is able. Now, how did they know God was able? How did they know that? Well, they'd already seen Him delivered before. Again, chapter 1, what happens? As soon as they go into captivity, they're faced with this dilemma to go against God or follow the way of the world. They chose to go the, the, to, to, to follow God and, and not turn against him and, and not follow the way of the world. I think I said that, that option wrong. They had the opportunity to trust God or go the way of the world. That's how I wanted to say that. Amen? So they decided to trust God. And when they trusted God, God proved that he was able to deliver them. Already, God had already proved that to them. And they didn't, they, they, this situation here didn't catch them by surprise. There's no doubt in my mind, Shadrach and Benny had already been on their knees. They'd already asked God for help. Nebuchadnezzar asked, well, who is the God that can deliver you? What did the big three say? Make no mistake, our God can do it. You want to know who the God is that can deliver us? Our God. He's the one that can do it. They believed God had the power and the ability to deliver them from this fear. And no doubt that would ask God for help. We're probably in a state of prayer at this moment. I don't know about you, but I'd be praying the whole time I'm in front of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Have you ever been in one of those situations where you're talking to someone and it's a difficult scenario or maybe you're a little bit nervous and you're kind of listening, but mainly you're talking to God? Yeah. All right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what they're doing right here. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's blah, 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 music, blah, 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 golden image, blah, 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 fiery furnace. And they're like, Jesus, can you help me? Amen. Yeah. Uh, they were willing to ask for help, but they were also ready to receive help. They were ready to receive it. Uh, they believed God had the power to deliver them from this fear. And I, like I said, no doubt they were already praying in the state of prayer, and no doubt they were ready and willing to receive that help. There's no doubt about that. Look at what verse 18 says. Now, this is powerful. Now, they'd already remember what King Nebuchadnezzar said, who's going to deliver you? Oh, our God can deliver us. He's able. Make no no mistake about it. But look what they said. But if not. They're not saying, but if he can't deliver us. What What they're saying is, if God chooses not to deliver us. Oh, we know he can. We know he's able. But it may just be that God's plan right here is for us to become martyrs for his glory. If that's the case, all right. But if not, be known to you, O king. That we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In other words, they said, King, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. We've done, we've made our choice. You do what you got to do. So here's the third thing they did that we need to do when faced with a genuine fear. And that's boldly step out in faith. Boldly step out in faith. See, they believed God was able and believed God would prevent this. However, they also knew that it might be God's will, like we said, for them to become martyrs for his glory. And if they died at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, they knew that they would immediately be in the hands of Almighty God. Thus, when they said, he will deliver us out of your hand, that was absolutely true. Because to be absent from the body, the Bible teaches us, at when we know Christ, when we trust God, is to be present with the Lord. Now, let's just look at the rest of this, okay? And in fact, here's what I want you to do. I, I didn't put the words on the screen, and, and I, if you don't want to look at your Bible, that's okay this morning. Just, just listen to the rest of this story. I, I think you know it. You've probably heard it. If you hadn't, this is incredible. It's one of the most greatest and most uh, dramatic chapters in all of God's Word, but just listen to the story this morning, okay? What do they say? We're not bowing down. Do what you got to do. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Earlier he was like, hey, I'm going to give you one more chance. I like you guys, all right? But you know what? Now, mm -mm, you're against me. I'm against you. So he ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. Notice he didn't send them straight over there. I find that interesting. He heats it even hotter. I think in his mind, he's struggling with this. He's seen the power of their God, and he knows that his statue has absolutely no power whatsoever. And I think in his mind, Nebuchadnezzar's wrestling here. And that's why he says, go heat it hotter. Maybe they'll change their mind, but they weren't going to. Verse 20. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their outer garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. So they literally wrapped these guys up so they couldn't escape, so they couldn't move around, so they can't see, they can't move. They're being carried to this furnace by these mighty men. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated. And the flame of the fire, listen to this, killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The guys that were carrying Shadrach and Benny there, they were consumed by the fire. It was so hot. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Oh, here's the plot twist, though. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste. Apparently, he was seated somewhere so that he could see this all go down. And he declared to his counselors, he said, Did we not cast three men that were bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, But I see four men, unbound, walking In the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt at all. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. I got news for you. They weren't walking. They were dancing. Amen. And that wasn't a son of the gods. That was the son of God. Amen. And then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the burning fire furnace and declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Oh, his tune has changed now, right? Come out. Come out. Come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of the men. Remember the guys that carried them? Poof, they burned up. No power over the body did the fire have for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen to this. The hair of their heads was not singed. Guys, you just get too close to the campfire sometimes. You can singe some hairs, right? Their cloaks were not harmed. No smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own God. Woo! I raise a hallelujah. Amen? I think they were singing that song right there in the midst of our enemies, man. What an incredible story. Now, here's the deal. I understand there are no cookie cutter responses to all the potential fears in our life. All right? What I mean by that is, I know that every scenario is different. And You may say, yeah, well, I, you know, this is not really the situation I'm faced with. I've got a legitimate fear, but it's very different. Guys, I guess you get that. I understand that. All of our fears are different. We can't eliminate all fear. Like we said, Jesus is going to take care of that when he comes back and there will be no fear in eternity. I'm looking forward to that, amen? But here's the deal. We are called to shed any fear that isn't genuine. When it's not genuine, we got to get rid of it. But those fears that are genuine, we are also called to deal with those and overcome those. And although our circumstances vary, And the fears that we face may all be very unique. Let's not forget, we have the same God as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are you with me, church? You see, the most impressive thing is not that they stood up to King Nebuchadnezzar. The most impressive thing is that God showed up in the fire. That same God is the one that helps us. He's the same one right here with us. And I'm so thankful for my wife, And how she prays for me. Here's how she prayed for me last night. She said, God, would you stand with Donnie tomorrow as he delivers the message? And I just thought to myself, I thought about it all night long. Oh, God, would you just stand with me? And so we have a God that stands with us. Not just when we're delivering the word of God, but when we're in the fire. That's the character of our God. You see, people are different. Fears change, but God always stays the same. He's always the same. So the next time we face a legitimate fear, let's remember these truths, all right? Will you recap them with me? First of all, understand the risk and respond appropriately. You know, go back to last week, we, we threw out this scenario. You may remember it, the rattlesnake field scenario, the RSFS, all right? If you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it. Great, great truths from God's word that we shared with you. But you think about that situation, we laid it out. What if you had to cross a field to help save someone's life, but as you're crossing that field, you suddenly realize it's covered with rattlesnakes, all right? That's a, that's a legitimate fear, yes, and we, we need to understand the risk, we said, but there are also ways to respond appropriately or steps that we can take to overcome any fear. Last week we talked about that. We put on our boots, we get our snake stick, we get out our shotgun, we would do whatever it takes. And you say, well, how does that apply to me? Remember, our salvation has already defeated the greatest fear. And the greatest fear has spending an eternity separated from God. Salvation's already settled that. So if salvation trumps the greatest fear, guess what? It beats all others, amen? It's the ace in the hole. It can help us overcome any and all situations. So what we have to do is understand the risk. Yeah, there's risk here, but I'm going to respond appropriately. I'm going to respond like a child of God. I'm going to respond like I know God can take care of me. I'm going to respond like... Even though I know and God may decide, you know what? I'm going to let you suffer for a while. I'm okay with that, God, because you know what? Even if you choose to allow me to die, I'm going to spend eternity with you. We've said it many times. What we would deem as some of the most tragic and sad days of our life here on earth, when we get to heaven and talk to those that we were, we were sad about, they're going to go, no, 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 no. That was the greatest day of my life. Because that's the day I entered eternity. Understand the risk. But respond appropriately. Respond as though we know and we believe our God is able. And if he decides not to, we're okay with it. We're still going to respond appropriately. Second thing we said is be willing to ask for and receive help. You see, this one's vitally important. And I think it's a truth that's often overlooked. Listen to me for a second, church. Do you know why most marriages end. not all marriages. you know why most marriages end. You know why most people stop attending church. You want to know why most suicides happen. You, know why, you want to know why de- depression has such a, a grip on so many people. You, know why, you want to know why abuse gets out of control. You want to know why life becomes overwhelming at times. Far too often, these things occur because we aren't willing to ask for and receive help. So many times. I can't tell you how many times someone's walked into my office, broken. It's too late. situation's beyond repair. I says, why didn't you come to me? You know what they almost always say? I was afraid. I was afraid afraid of what you might say. And I was afraid you'd ask me to do something or show me. God wants me to do something that I, either I would be afraid to do or wasn't willing to do. But you know what God always does with his children? He'll break us and he'll get us to the point to where we're willing and ready to receive that help. That's what God does with his children. He'll do it. We can run from our fears all we want, but God will never let us go too far. Eventually, he says, now it's time to deal with it. Now it's time to deal with it. You know how I know that? Because I've done it the hard way. Come on, church. Right? I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me this morning. I hope you get something out of it as well, okay? But that's the situation. So many times we, we wait for God to break us. Hey, listen, as soon as we know we're in one of those situations, Let's just ask for help, and let's just receive it. See, God places people in our lives to help us either find the answers or carry the load. Now, I don't always have the answers, but you know what I'm really good at? Helping people bear the burden. There been a lot of times in, in life where I didn't know what to say, so I just sat down and cried with people. I didn't really have the answers, so I just said, I don't know what to do, but I'm here. I just sat with you. I just cry with you. Can I just pray with you? Listen to me. Sometimes that's all we can do. And you know what? That's what God does for us. But he not only bears the burden, he knows the answer. He always has the answer. Be willing to ask for and receive help. And thirdly, we said this, boldly step out in faith. Boldly step out in faith. Do you know this? Fear by itself is not a sin. It's not a sin to be afraid. It's not. A lot of people would say it is, but it's not. Now, the root of our fear can certainly be a sin. Yeah. If we use our fear as an excuse to serve and follow God, mm, yeah, that's, that's sin. If we allow an unrealistic fear or feelings to hold us back, well, that can become sin. Certainly, if our fear is rooted in a lack of trust in God, well, that can become sin. But fear in and of itself is not a sin. There are many fearful circumstances in life. But remember the response of the faithful from a few weeks ago in 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. Remember 1 Peter 1, 8, 9, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But how did Peter say to, to respond to him? Resist. Resist him firm in your faith. You see, that is the response of the faithful to resist. Resist the fear. I think what Nebuchadnezzar was doing as he heated that fire up seven times hotter, I think he was looking over at them. It's now twice as hot, guys. It's now three times as hot if you change your mind. It's four times as hot if you change your mind. It's five times as hot if you change your mind. It's six times as hot if you change your mind. It's seven times hotter, guys. You know what they did? They resisted. They resisted. And they were willing to go into the fire. Now listen to me. You know where Jesus always meets us? In the fire. In the fire. He's always there. He's always ready to dance. He's always waiting for us. I believe overcoming genuine fears requires us to embrace all three of these truths. It appears as though this story in Daniel chapter 3 takes place in one day over a short period of time. In reality, like we said before, it takes a long time to build a 90 foot by 18 foot gold-plated statue especially in the ancient world it would have took a very long time it takes time to assemble a band loud enough for everyone to hear especially without a pa system it takes time to to spread the news to everybody hey when you hear this band everybody's like what's that statue that's nebuchadnezzar really a lot like him, oh well, don't say that to him alright, and, and, and you hear that band what's that, all about? When, you, when you see that statue and you hear the band, listen here's what you've got to do, and people are like what are you sure it took time to get that message out it takes time to build a furnace that, like the one described here my point is this guys, fears aren't always shed in a day they're not always shed in a day but the process can't begin until we are ready to submit to the one who is able to walk into and deliver us out of the fire. Shed, fears aren't shed today, but they can't be shed. That process can't begin until we submit. Thank you for listening to this message. Our goal is to reach people all over the globe with the good news of God's word. If you would like to partner with us by making a donation, visit our website at journey-church.com. That's journey-church.com on a PC or laptop and simply click on the donate tab on our homepage. By partnering with us, you will help us reach the world for the cause of Christ. Allow me to pray for you. Lord, I pray you bless those who have heard your word today. May you also bless their family and those whom you place in their paths. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.